0: okay hello and welcome to the leaders council podcast the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running i'm matthew o'neill and today as always we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership first we're joined by nicholas lee managing director of paragon cost solutions nicholas hello
1: hi matthew how are you
0: Very well. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. We might as well delve straight in. What is your personal leadership style?
1: My personal leadership style, I suppose I have built a style built on respect and trust. I've got a team of people that work around me um, for whom I have a lot of trust and respect, uh, and I hope that's mutual. Um, I suppose my style is to be more of a a motivator than an executioner or maybe more of an inspirer than an instructor, but certainly uh, I have a sort of leadership style where where I encourage people to um, spread their wings and learn for themselves. And that seems to be well reciprocated in terms of uh, the retention of the people within my team.
0: I find it very interesting that you use the term the people who work around me, because that infers that you like to lead from within as opposed to setting yourself apart from your team. How important is it for a leader to actually get mucked in with his, uh, his or her uh, team?
1: I think it's crucial. I mean, there are times where you need to be focused on the business rather than being in the business. But I think it's very difficult to have that helicopter view and really delve into the strategy of your business without um, having your feet on the ground and understanding what it's like day-to-day for everybody and understanding all the roles they play. Uh, And that includes the support staff right through to you know my industry, the advocates. They've all got a crucial role to play. And if my role is to lead the firm forward, then I need to understand in detail everything they're doing. I need to have a full appreciation of everything they're going through. So I think it's absolutely crucial.
0: Well, it sounds like you like to foster a culture of equal respect, uh, within, uh, your company. Um, of course that isn't the case in, in every company around the country. Um, and that usually derives from a a sense of uh, bad leadership as it were. Um, what separates a good leader from a bad one?
1: Well, I think that probably different organizations and different structures uh, require different leadership styles. Uh, I'm quite fortunate in that I think I have a, a relatively few number of people that I have to manage. Um, I, I manage a team of 15 maximum, um, and therefore managing them is different to what it would be if I were managing 1,500 people, where perhaps you may be um, more sort of target-driven, you maybe have different kind of KPIs, I don't micromanage the people in my team because there's a lot of trust and respect there. So they're able to um, operate independently and just revert to me when they need the advice and they understand when they need advice. But well, I suppose uh, examples that I've seen of, of bad leadership and, and I suppose the opposite of inspiration where I've seen this, I've realized I don't want to be that kind of leader is, is one where um, the leader is a dictator and tells people what to do without the what they're doing and why, Um, one where there's a lack of trust, and I've seen leaders that sort of throw their colleagues under the bus and, and like to, um, you know, put their necks on the line if things go wrong. And, and I think that's absolutely wrong. As, as the leader of the business, if anything goes wrong in my business, the buck ends with me uh, and starts with me. Um, so, you know, I take full responsibility. And I think it, it, it's a bit like uh, the mother or the father of the family. It's my duty to protect my children. And my children in this circumstance are, are my colleagues. Um, so I think that that aspect of uh, throwing somebody under the bus unfortunately, creates a lot of mistrust. And certainly, I don't want to be a a feared leader. I want to be a respected leader. I want people to work with me uh, and work for me because they enjoy the work they do. They feel valued and um, they want to see the business succeed and not because they feel threatened and they feel intimidated. And the working environment is a long day. We we spend more time in work than we do with friends and family, sadly. Um, so you want to make sure that environment is one where people enjoy um, coming to work. I mean, I certainly have been in this industry now for what I've been going on for 19 years, sadly. Um, and, and I feel passionate about it and I really enjoy it. And every day I enjoy going to work. And I think... One of the reasons for that is because I've enjoyed the people that I've worked around and where I've had leaders. I've always ensured that the people that I work for and who are managing me are people that inspire me and respect me. And so that in turn has led to me being a good leader. It's a long answer there, Matthew. Sorry. (laughs) Not at
0: all. It's actually interesting you bring that point up about people who've inspired you. Now, early on in your career, there must have been a, a particular individual who's influenced the way that you lead today. Tell me a bit about that.
1: Yeah, I suppose um there are probably quite a few people that have um, influenced me. Uh, probably more um, in terms of my working life than sort of leaders outside, but you know, some examples I can give um, both the former managing partner and current managing partner of the law firm, which I'm a part of as a bigger structure, um, have both been inspirations to me, not because of necessarily what they've achieved, but just in their style of delivery and in times where I've needed support and I've needed guidance and I've needed challenge, they've really encouraged me to think outside the box and um, I was very fortunate when um, I was starting my business that I had a very good sounding board which consisted of uh, the managing partner and the finance director and I feel like the, the guidance they gave me was was really inspirational, and really powerful uh, and it was never done in a sort of... Uh, dictatorship kind of way where they say you must or you should. It was always, have you thought about and what about? Um, I've had a very good coach um, over the last 10 years, which again has been an excellent sounding board. But I suppose a a lot of the credit for um, what I've achieved probably stems from the opportunity I was given back in 2003 when I was introduced to quite a big law firm with only two years' experience. And I was given an opportunity against um, a lot of... um, competitive um, or competing applicants who had far more experience than I did. Um, But at the age of about 19, I put together a business plan for this role, knowing full well I was going to be inexperienced. Uh, And the person who interviewed and ended up managing me was somebody that was really supportive, took a chance on me. And I suppose I felt... That I wanted to repay that, so he was uh, certainly a, a, an aspirational role model and somebody that uh, I'm still good friends with. In fact, I'm going to watch the rugby with him um, this weekend, and I'll be celebrating his 50th with him in the summer as well. So, still a good friend of mine and the and, and
0: founding board. That's absolutely fantastic. Now, the chance that he gave you has that uh, impacted the way that you uh, look to recruit uh, young people coming into the business?
1: Absolutely. Um, and I suppose I'm, I am i don't come from a particularly privileged background. Um, my, my parents were the tender age of 18 when they had me, and uh, my, my father and mother separated, so I was from a single-parent background. Um, I grew up on, on council estates in quite a quite a difficult environment outside of my house. My house was always a very loving house, and I'm very grateful for that, but the outside environment was quite difficult. Um, so I've, I've been given the opportunity in life to um, sort of break free, if you like, of the, the stereotypes that may have surrounded somebody with my background. And for me, um, I've been forever grateful for that opportunity, so I suppose that has always been a massive feature in part of the growth and development of my business, and, and in indeed in fact in terms of my time, I mean I do a lot of work outside of my business, giving back to the community. I'm trustee for a particular charity. I do some careers advice with a with a school that's you know in, in challenging circumstances. So, you know, I've always I've always fancied an underdog and I think if ever I've interviewed people and I've had equal candidates I will probably always tend to be swayed towards those that just need to be given a bit of an opportunity when you see a spark in their eye and you think if you give them the opportunity, they'll really pay that back tenfold. So, yeah, I'm certainly a sucker for an underdog.
0: What's the advice that you uh, give uh, to young people who come from uh, similar backgrounds to yourself?
1: I think the advice that I give them is to, to reach for the stars and, and to say that nothing is possible, nothing is impossible. And I'm fortunate enough that I surrounded myself with people that had a different, uh, similar background to me uh, and have all been very high achievers. And, and there's no real recipe for it other than the fact that we motivated each other, we motivated ourselves, and, and we thought outside of the box. And the moment you set any personal boundaries and say well that's not suitable for me well if you think it you will be it and uh, I think that it's important in life that you realise anything is possible and uh, in fact I suppose uh, one of the biggest inspirations for me was in year 11 in school when we had um, a careers day. And uh, it was a, an old school piece of technology where you put in your interests and, and what you're good at. And it tells you a suggested career. <laughs> and it was recommended that I be a lawyer. And I remember my teacher telling me at the time, I don't think that's uh, that's appropriate for you. Perhaps you ought to try again. And and it was that doubt. Probably inspired me to say, actually, I can be a lawyer if I want to be a lawyer. I'll be a lawyer, and I think from that point forward, exactly from that point forward, that was when I decided to be a lawyer. So you know, it's really important for me that I give that message to the younger generation and do the best I can to open their eyes and and inspire them to, to. look beyond what is uh, immediately in that path and, and ask themselves what do you want to be and how are you going to achieve it? And I, I'm doing some mentoring with a, a young chap at the moment and, you know, I push back on him and say, well, what are you doing to stand out? What are you doing to give yourself the, the upper hand? If it's not given to you on a plate, how are you going to create that for yourself? What networks are you going to create? But I think it's, it's, um, it's difficult to know that direction without some some inspiration. So having a coach or a mentor, I think, is really valuable.
0: Well, Nicholas, unfortunately, one difficulty we cannot overcome is time. We've uh, unfortunately come to the end of our time together. However, we definitely need to have you back on to uh, elaborate a bit more uh, very soon in the future. But before I let you go, what does the next 12 months have in store for Paragon Cost Solutions?
1: Well, I'm really excited for the next 12 months, actually. The last 12 months, we've been very reactive as a business, which is as a result of, of a lot of success. But this next 12 months, we, we've um, recruited so that we can be more proactive and reactive. And it enables me to focus on what we want to achieve, which is working with the right clients, expanding um, the business within the existing clients and targeting some new ones, but also looking at some new lines of of opportunity and and some growth plans around that. So I'm really excited for this year to be focusing on the strategic side of the the business and the growth. And then, yeah, the team are fully behind me. I've got a really strong team at the moment, and um, we're not going to allow things like Brexit or anything else to distract us from focusing on what is within our control.
0: Well, Nicholas, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you. I very much look forward to speaking with you again very soon in the future. Nicholas, thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Matthew. It's been my pleasure also. Thank you.
0: That was Nicholas Lee, Managing Director of Paragon Cost Solutions. And now, if you haven't heard it before, is Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst.
2: Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup Final. So, Jeff, first, uh, thank you very much for coming on today.
3: Uh, You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh,
2: and perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times. But when you got out for a duck playing for Essex, uh, Jeff, what was going through your head at the time?
3: <laughs> well, of course, that's not one of the most asked questions I get. Although oh, there, there are one or two people who are very familiar um, uh, who do Google me realise that I did. Uh, Score nothing for Essex. Uh, my only game for Essex first team when we played against Lancashire in Liverpool, a place called uh, uh, Egbert in in, uh, in Liverpool. Many many years ago, nineteen sixty two, I think that was. So I didn't. I'm um, just... Yes, I, I didn't really feel it. at the time. It was lucky to be playing, I guess. at one or two injuries, um, but the problem with I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that. Period of time being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's, a, there's a, another world that might exist where um, Sir Jeff Hurst was a, a first-class cricketer and not perhaps a, a footballer. But um, whether it's business or cricket or, or football, obviously the importance of leadership, it can't be understated, no matter what form that comes in. When you were at West Ham and when um, Ron Greenwood first uh, uh, came along, he made obviously some pretty radical changes. Was this a man that genuinely inspired confidence uh, the first time you'd meet him?
3: Absolutely. I mean, he he was simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, they quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who um, was played mm-hmm. under him, quite ruthless about any any staff and I think that's one one of the most serious ones. I think I've learnt over a long period of time.
2: And is there do you think uh, a a specific moment I'm sure there's probably dozens but is there a specific moment if you could uh, perhaps pick right now that did show those uh, qualities in uh, South so uh, sharply?
3: Yes I think for for me certainly um, I think there were instances of players who you thought would, would be in the team or certainly in the squad, and surprising there were not. There was no necessary reason for it. But looking mm-hmm. back, I do think perhaps they were people that Alf didn't think wanted to be part of a group. Um, so that that's that for me. In terms of my personal view, I think that it looked prior to the um, World Cup that I was going to be playing... Um, which uh, was absolutely... But I can use that now, because it, it is quite funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we another time then. But we... Um, uh, well, you want me... I, I can tell you if you want.
3: You've got time. I can tell I go, you if you want.
2: Jeff, go on. Go on. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay. So I was uh, doing a, a, at a dinner
3: in, in the Channel Lions, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, guest of honor. And this occasion, I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions
2: What a question. What a question.
3: Well, I think that would be definitely in the stupid category, wouldn't it? So we had a laugh about it's,
2: that. Uh, well, uh, and we, you've got to have a patient of a saint, I think, sometimes to put up with things <laughs> well, no, like I, just, you know, again,
3: I found it amusing. I just found it amusing. In fact, some of the audience found it highly amusing as well. So it did, uh, um, it did but make me laugh if,
2: if you could put up with my questions, you could probably put up with uh, anything. <laughs> um, but th- there would have become a point, though, um,
3: I think they, uh, wrongly, yeah, well, the, the answer is straightforward, the answer is yes. Um, That's a good they,
2: answer. <laughs>
3: the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh, yeah.
2: and with, um, and I know, uh, if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but, um, I'm conscious of the, um, time. Um, looking, um, back.
3: But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you, you wouldn't have been as uh, ultimately, ultimately successful.
2: Exactly. Without that, you could, the, the, the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts, but with it. Yes,
3: the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk sometimes. You know, together, everyone achieves more. And that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental.
2: And uh lastly uh jeff looking if if you were to uh, give advice and whether this is in sport or business or indeed any other walk of life, what would you identify if you can as the key tenant uh that you can't go without in terms of leading a team no matter what that team is
3: single mindedness uh, single mind dedication dedication to the job um thinking about that put that um and completely uh not think about their role as the boss of an organisation. And I think that's you're completely focused. You're always thinking about uh things thinking about improvements. And it's just dedication and uh, uh attuning your life to being successful.
2: Excellent. Well Jeff, on that point, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: You're welcome, good to it's nice to have a talk about this and just go over this go with Arsenal and just uh